0: Hello and welcome to the latest installment of Borders Bletherings, our podcast in which Mary and I shine a light on the curious, shadowy and often very magical history of the Scottish borderlands. And this is part two of our podcast on the Darien Venture. Mary, in part one, You gave a very rounded and full description of the lack of success, or if you want to be more (laughs) direct, the failure of of the wonderful Darien scheme. Yeah. And that was at the very tail end, at the death of the 17th century. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, let's walk forward a few years into the dawning of the 18th century Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and look in microscopic detail at the legacy of the scheme. And in particular we are borders bletherings the impact on this part of Scotland.
1: yeah, And the impact was massive. You think it, it was, was massive. Absolutely yeah. massive. Um, you start off in the year 1700 and Scotland is bankrupt. Uh-huh. That £400,000 debt is sitting there. 20% of Scotland's wealth has gone. 40% of Scots invested but remember I said that was a, a slippery figure because if you actually look at who invested, uh-huh. folk up in the Highlands and Islands didn't. So people in Lowland, Scotland, invested about 75% oh, really? of their wealth. Yep. Yeah. Because the folk in the Highlands and the Islands, especially up in the Northern Isles, if you go to Orkney or Shetland, they're Scandinavian. Yeah. they are yeah. You sort of looked at the scheme and said, What are you trailing all the what way across the Atlantic for? Look, <laughs> just across the water a little bit. You know, let's go trade with them. Let's go trade with the Baltic states. Let's yep. go trade with the old Hanseatic League. The
0: Hanseatic League. Whom
1: Scotland had been trading with for years. You know, so although it was a good scheme, and it is a good scheme, and yep. as we said before, that's why the Panama Canal exists, the folk in the Highlands and Islands were just, ah, where you go, get lost. You know, we're not really interested, and the clans were doing their own thing anyway. And, of course, because you had the um, antagonism of King William because he wants to take over the Scottish Parliament, you've got the clans looking, you know, being pushed towards Jacobism and all these sorts you of things. You did mention so, that, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, so yeah. all of that's sort of brewing up in the highlands. So it's Lowland Scotland that really takes the hit, and especially the Borders, and the Borders takes the hit because the Borders trades with England all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got debt, it's really difficult for you to trade. So between the year 1700 going onwards, Scotland is constantly in debt. And the trouble is that people think of debt today. Okay, right, you've got an overdraft for a bank of £250, or you've got a, a loan with a company for £1,000. It wasn't like that. People had literally taken money from underneath their mattress for this screen. Yeah. So if you're on the edge anyway, if you're a farm labourer, and all you've managed to sort of save up is 10 shillings and you give five of those 10 shillings to this scheme. You've not got a lot left. So all it takes is one illness or one broken leg and you can't work and you can't earn. And before you know where you are, you can't eat properly. So you're malnourished. So your bones don't heal. So you're put out of work. So you can't pay your rent. So you're put out of your cottage and you die of hypothermia over the border's winter. And people did. People died of starvation because they couldn't work, they couldn't pay their debts, they were put out of their work. And that was a direct result of dying of the debt that the country was holding.
0: And you're talking about the early 1700s I'm talking
1: about the early 1700s. Not
0: today when I hear similar language being used. No, no,
1: no, people literally died because there was nothing you could do. Mm -hmm. People couldn't trade in the borders. Scottish trade was absolutely on its knees... Anything that was coming up from England was too expensive to buy. Anything being sold from Scotland was bought at bottom prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not a farm labourer, let's say you're a tenant farmer, but you've given away all your money, or you even borrowed money, because some people did, Mm. and you can't pay that debt back. And you really can't pay that debt back. Well, eventually, after a couple of months or a couple of years, you lose your farm. So you go from being a tenant farmer... To being a farm labourer, so you've been board, pushed the, all the, the way the down. The borders
0: takes the biggest hit because of its codependence. Hits.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If you own your own little farm, mm-hmm. maybe you can't work your farm anymore. So your farm gets taken off you, and you end up being either a tenant farmer or a manager in your own farm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And this is real issues because people like the Duke of Buccleuch, the Duke of Oxford, are the big landowners. If they owe the bank, there's an old saying: "If you owe the bank." £100, it's your problem. If you're the bank, a million pounds, it's the bank's problem. It's the
0: bank's problem, yeah.
1: (laughs) If you're the Duke of and the Duke of Oxborough, you Mm -hmm. can carry that debt for a bit. Yeah. But what you can do is you can actually pick off some of these smaller farms because people are so desperate. They're just selling them for pennies. So you actually gain more and more land at the expense of these people who are losing their livelihoods. And losing your livelihoods didn't just mean losing your farm. Maybe you had two sons and they were both going to go to the high school and be clever lads.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, after the dairy venture, you've only got the money to send one of your lads yep. to the high school. Mm-hmm. People's life chances were split. Daughters that might just have made it to the high school, well, with girls, we don't need to send them anymore. Mm-hmm. And girls were married off because what else can you do with girls? So everybody's life chances gets affected. Mm-hmm. Then you get the middle class and the borders, the lawyers, the teachers, the doctors, the, the, the solicitors. They're not going to get paid from the poor people who haven't got any money. They're going to be paid by the upper classes. Yeah. And so they're not a strong voice. Again, we've talked about this before about the yeah, middle class you, I was the gonna the say you've
0: mentioned this before. The, yeah. the, the,
1: is is, is weak willed. Yeah. And so what you also get is you get the big landowners desperate for money. They have to get credit. They can't get credit in Scotland. Their credit in Scotland's shot, so they go to London. So they go to London and that means that, again, they're pulling their money away yes, out the borders, yeah, yeah. The, the, their interest is down there, they, they start to make friends with English people, and so that's where they go financially. So all of these have an effect and the Scottish economy, as I say, it's not trading, it's not able to trade for them because of the because of what had happened at Darien there was a huge psychological element that sort of, you know, affected the economy because it had been shown to not work. And so people were laughing at the Scots. Oh, don't trade with the Scots, they're idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Ha, 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 look at them. It's a big joke. And it's really difficult to counter that argument when your country's broke. So if you are a sheep farmer in the borders and you want to sell your wool across in Flanders, then the people in Flanders are going to say, well, I'm not going to pay you so much for it. And you say, but well, it's worth more than that. And they say, oh, yeah. what are you, Scots, no, but trade. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. Yeah. And this yeah. is constant. Yeah. And this goes on and on and on. So not only is the country bankrupt, but the little bit of money that's there is not circulating because people are so terrified to do anything now. There's also the psychological element of your Jimmy sent a letter home saying this was brilliant. Uh-huh. And my Davey went on the second expedition because your Jimmy wrote a letter home. So everybody's blaming everybody else yeah. for this. Lowland Scotland and the Borders start arguing with Highland Scotland because they say, if you lot had put your money in properly in the first place, it would have worked. It worked. Yeah. Highland Scotland looks at Lowland Scotland and said, tell you it wouldn't have worked in the first place. Yeah your problem, you're idiots for trusting the letters home. So everybody is fighting with everybody, which means they're not generating income because they're not... You can't be an entrepreneur and be depressed at the same time. It doesn't work, (laughs) you know? So the whole of the country is absolutely flattened. And then, of course, what happens is the English just say, right, we're having the parliament off them now. And they start pushing and pushing and pushing to get a parliament, Scotland
0: um, is ripe for the picking.
1: Absolutely, yeah. you know, and yeah. they keep pushing for this. And of course, the more they push for that, the Highland clans are absolutely adamant. They'll share a king, they're not sharing a parliament. Yeah. I mean, the Highland clans are not that fond of the Scottish parliament. They tend to do their own thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're absolutely not um, going to have an English parliament, thank you very much. And so, what you get is they they push back. So the Jacobites start saying. Well, I know we've got a king, but it's not really the right king anyway. Maybe we could get the proper king back again. Let's sure. get a real Stuart back. <laughs> you know, William of Orange, who's he, you know. So the Jacobites start to get really antsy. Yeah. The more the Jacobites get angry, it becomes a sort of spiral of the more Lowland Scotland is depressed, the more the English push. The more the English push, the more the Jacobites get angry. The more the Jacobites get angry, the more Lowland Scotland gets depressed. Because Lowland... Remember, Scotland has always been two countries. Yeah. It's, there's always been Highland and Lowland, and since David I, way back in the 12th century, turned his back on Gaelic Scotland and became an Anglo-Norman king, there's always been that tension yeah. between Highland and Lowland Scotland, yeah. and so everybody's in the name game. You know, it's 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 the blame game for everybody, and this continues and continues and continues. And then, unfortunately, 1703, 1704, 1705, you get three disastrous harvests. And there is widespread malnutrition. And there is widespread famine because the big cities, Edinburgh especially, but Glasgow as well, of course, go to their hinterlands and just steal what they can. Yeah. And the borders get hit again. And there are people dying. Now, we're about... Just over 2,200 maybe people died in Darien whilst the venture was going on. Double that, treble that.
0: So you're saying many more die as a consequence. Many more
1: die of a consequence of malnutrition. They they die of starvation. They die of exposure in in the borders hills or they get so malnourished year after year after year that they get disease that they normally should have managed. You know, grown men who maybe have an accident because agricultural work is dangerous and you break your leg and your leg never properly heals because you just don't have the nutrition yeah, in your yeah. system. You have the the level of miscarriages goes through the roof. The The number of child, uh, child deaths goes through the roof because women haven't gotten the nutrition to produce milk to feed their babies no. and the babies die. And this is this is commented on, um, and the whole of the time this is going on, Border Scotland looks to the Kirk of Scotland, and the Kirk of Scotland has got egg on its face because it had said to everybody, invest in this scheme, it's yeah. a good scheme, and there's nothing they can do. And there's no money in the poor fund because yeah. people have to donate to the poor fund, and if nobody's, got any, nobody's money, got any money, then they can't donate to the poor fund. So when the poor people go to the church and say, well, can I have money at the poor fund? the church lets them down again because there is no money to give. Yep. So you've got all of this going on and during the entire time you've got this on, you have got the pamphleteers in England having a field day. The Scots are stupid. The Scots are thick. The Scots can't trade. Their bank drops. Their whingers we're going to have to bail them out. Is this sounding familiar it's for sounding modern politics? It's sounding very familiar to me, but that's, carry on. <laughs> a, that's all they do. They take yep. our money. This yep. is all we have to do. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. So they're having a field day about this. The Jacobites are raiding at the pamphleteers. The more they do that, the pamphleteers start doing up woodcuts of of, basically hairy air Scotsmen in kilts and claymores and uh, Cassie's getting in in the conversation by barking yeah. to say yeah. that she's quite angry about this as well. I don't know if she's angry at the Jacobites or the pamphleteers, but she's angry at somebody.
0: Thinks she wants in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> she's
1: going to have a go at whoever's attacking us. And this goes on, and it builds and it builds and it builds, and eventually the Scottish Parliament can't take any more, and yeah. the English Parliament says, you're going to have to come into a union with us. And the Scottish Parliament tries and tries and tries to say it has to be a federated union, Equal partners, uh-huh. and the English are going. Oh, shut up! You're yeah. no. You're in no position to dictate you terms just to don't us. Have
0: the negotiating leverage. Do you yeah.
1: want us to sort your debt out, or don't you? Yeah. Because it's it's one or the other, and that's it. And there are enough people in the Parliament who've got enough debt that they want cleared. That they say yes, and then of course you get Rabi Burns with his. Sold for English gold, parcel of rogues in a nation. In a nation, indeed. And so you get the the political union in 1707. And the English do, they do pay off the debt. And you think, oh, that's good then. So they give Scotland just under the 400,000. So the debt's paid off. But it's the debt that's paid off. If I owe my bank a tenner and you give me £10, I give it to the bank. I don't have the £10. My debt is cleared. I don't have the £10. It's
0: so a pact with the devil. So
1: the 400000 <laughs> pays off yep. the ship owners yep. and the sailors and the traders yep. and the banks but the ordinary people still don't have any yep. money. And then what they did very nicely was they fixed the Scottish shilling to the value of an English penny. And so the ordinary people are even worse off if you like because... The Duke of Bucklew and the Duke of Oxford are those types of people. They've had their debts cleared. Mm. They're fine. They're actually, their situation has become better because they may be sitting in the Houses in uh, House of Parliament in London, so they get down to go to London. Their debt has all been cleared. Their land has got bigger. They're fine. And because their debt has cleared, they can now borrow from banks yeah. because they have got good credit. But if you're wee Jesse Fickelso, you haven't got your 10 shillings back. If, you, if you're Davy Fahoyke, who's lost his farm, you're now working as a farm labourer mm-hmm. at the age of 70. You haven't got your farm back. You've lost your farm. You've lost everything.
0: That fiscal imbalance lasted for a long time. It lasted for a
1: long time, yes. As a
0: 10, 11-year-old boy, my first trip to London with my my, my dad was to see a Scotland-England football game. And I learned for the first time that we couldn't spend Scottish money.
1: Scottish money, yeah. In, 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 yeah. in, 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 in that English. part of the yeah. world. It was like, though, no, 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 Mickey yeah. Mouse. Even though it was legal tender, yes. Yeah. To yeah. this day, yeah. you will still, if I'm going down to England, yeah. just to make life easier, if I'm going to be paying for taxes, I get English notes because yeah. there's no point in having an yeah. argument with, with a London taxi driver. Yeah. You'll lose an argument with a London taxi driver anyway, but there's no, no point No matter what in you're talking argument. about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And so this lasts for forever. And again, because you've done that, then it means that traders in the low countries, in the Netherlands, in France, everywhere across Europe, they take one look at Scotland and say, Scotland is not a sovereign nation. Yeah. It can't manage its own economy. Its goods are not of good quality. Its goods are not of good value. Yeah. And so you get, you know, you, you the reputation is absolutely trash. Yes. Yeah. And so, of course, that angers people because they. Everybody was feeling embarrassed. Everybody was upset. Everybody was embarrassed. People were grieving. They had lost loved ones really across Indarian. Yeah. Actual yeah. loss, yeah. and then there were people dying of starvation and, and, and malnutrition and, and you know exposure. People were dying. There must. I mean, the death rates probably until things got sorted out and started to settle around about seventeen ten. Probably about ten thousand people died, and Lowland Scotland's bearing the brunt of all of this. Highland Scotland, the Glens, are managing to cope because the clan system keeps them going there. But they're getting angrier and angrier at the laws that are being passed and the fact that they have absolutely no input into what's happening. You know, London is running the country.
0: That's great, Mary. Um, you 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 mentioned the socioeconomic impact and picking up on that just before we go on to the political implications there's a lot of this what's in my mind is some of this plays into the, the Scottish psyche of glorious failure I'm going to do football for
1: a minute
0: Scotland fails yet again to qualify yep. for the World Cup mm-hmm. but in that final playoff match we played like brave hearts yeah. It was a glorious failure.
1: Yes. Does much yes. of
0: uh, what you've been describing play into that kind of yeah. narrative
1: that, oh, yes. that many of us have? Yes. It's the, the fact that we're plucky and we're hardworking and tenacious, but it just doesn't work for yes. us. You know, when we get beaten at football or rugby or whatever, they've played their hearts out, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, but something else happened. But only it. <laughs> Exactly. You One of really... my
0: favourite cartoons ever, Not by a famous cartoonist, it's the same image, twice, exactly Mm -hmm. the same image, Mm -hmm. of Scottish football fans partying.
1: Uh
0: And under image one it says, Scotland fans celebrating a famous victory, Uh and under exactly the same image, number two says, Scotland fans celebrating a famous defeat.
1: Aren't (laughs) Scottish football fans famous for being the best fans in the world? Because Apparently. we have a party and we yeah. do this and we do that and we do that. We lose one. or
0: draw. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it, it, it all comes down to I always love the the great scene in train spotting where he does that, you know, it's being Scottish yeah. because, you know, we were colonised we were colonised by so and so and all the rest of so it. I'm not going to say the rude words on, on a podcast. I'm going to behave myself. It was. But the point is that's a chip on the shoulder. I think does come from this. Uh-huh. because Me too. Yeah. Because that's what everybody Everybody was laughing at us. Everybody was ridiculing us. Everybody was humiliating us. And the problem is that if you do that for long enough, you're going to get one or two responses. You're either going to get people being utterly depressed and thinking they're not worth it and they're not any good at anything, or you're going to be make people angry. And that's exactly what happened. Lowland Scotland became depressed. Borders people thought oh fine. And you just have to plod on and plod on and plod on yeah. and what's this parliament in London? What does it do? What does it mean to me? It doesn't mean anything to me. Whereas up in the Highlands, they just got flipping angry because they said, we never wanted a stupid scheme in the first place. We never invested in your stupid scheme. And by the way, we absolutely 100% do not want your parliament. The problem was that it didn't matter what they said. Nobody was listening to them. And so all you get is you get this build up and build up and build up of anger up in the Highlands. Simmering. Simmering anger. And of course, as things go on, you get more and more political um, statements coming out of London. And William of Orange, to give him his due, and Anne, who who ruled over. They were European monarchs, yeah. right? That's not their fault. The problem is that Europe to them stopped. I think going about Newcastle, um, <laughs> you know, we were no part of you. You know, you know, oh, the Scots. You know, that's sort a of type I thing. not
0: part of Europe. That
1: <laughs> unfortunately, so they their focus was European European trade, and that's quite understandable. Um. Because you did have the great flourishing of the East Indies companies, both Dutch and English. you know. So you've got this flourishing and you've got the start of you know England and India and these sorts of places. Yeah. So that's where their focus is. So it meant that they forgot about the Highlands. They didn't understand about Gaelic, the language, the culture, any of those sorts yeah. of things. And so any of the laws that were being put through on taxation or anything like that didn't reflect Gaelic culture. And as as England goes on and decides to have a few battles all over the place, because various wars are kicking off, yep. they use the Highlands as a sort of, you know, picking ground where they can get guys to come and work, and come and be soldiers, and come and be shot at. So, we're loyal, and we're trustworthy, and we're hard fighters, and we're, we're hard fighters. thinkers, and we're hard workers. Yep. But it's like children. We're not allowed... We're, we're given pocket money, but we're not allowed to be really be in charge of ourselves. When it was that sort like of people like the attitude. Duke of Wellington
0: will benefit greatly from, from this situation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's patronising, it's patting us on the head, it's treating us like children, and this builds and builds and builds and builds, and then you get to 1715, oh. and you get the rising of the 15, or the rebellion of your 15, depending on which side of the coin you're sitting on. And London... Was genuinely surprised at this. They couldn't understand. <laughs> Why? What on earth are you complaining about? Uh-huh. So London is sort of looking at the rising of the 15, going, what's going on? The clans are absolutely up in arms and the folk in the borders are going, oh no, here we go again because we know what happens. Uh-huh. We're going to be the ones with the fighting because that is exactly what's going to happen. The troops are going to come up, the English troops are going to come up and they're going to stomp all over us again because remember... The protectorate with Cromwell, we'd had the the wars the previous century, the protectorate with Cromwell had meant the English troops had been billeted on the borders. Ordinary families didn't have a choice in the matter. There was a hammering on the door and there would be two soldiers and they said, they're now living in your house. Tough, get on with it. So this had happened. So, you know, people's grandparents were saying, we remember the last time. And so the the, the 15, and you have... People dying. Yeah. Everybody says, "Oh, it's romantic," and the old pretender. People died. Young men were killed. Yeah. Young women were killed. And London—I mean, it peters out, and there aren't any huge, great battles. And I think that's that's one of the things that really irritates me a little bit about the way the 15 is talked about, as if it was just a little local difficulty. Uh-huh. Folk died. I'm, I'm quite sure for, for, for Jessie, whose husband died, it wasn't a little local difficulty. Her husband was dead.
0: Yeah, well, this is why we do this podcast, Mary, because Hollywood has yet to pick up on that. Yes. <laughs> and make a major motion picture exactly. out of it.
1: Then That'd you get good. to... So Very if, important. So it sort of peters out, but the Scottish economy is still on its knees. Yeah. And Scottish trade is going nowhere. I mean, you do get, you know... You've got all the things like Johnson coming up and saying that the Scots eat oats and we give them to horses and no, all this stuff. So there was no other food. People were living on the edge. Now, Scotland is a difficult country to farm, partly because of the climate, partly because we've got things like mountains in the way, you know. And if you look at England, they've got a greater a greater amount of farmland. They're larger, but also they do not have the mountains, and also they have a better climate. So we've got a very poor growing season yeah. in Scotland anyway. anyway yeah. Right? We do have fish in our waters, some lovely fish in our waters, but that's a difficult job to do. Yeah. The Duke of Buclough, the Duke of Oxford, people like that are getting these bigger and bigger farms. What do they put on them? Sheep. Sheep. You know, so, so the economy is changing. You're, you're starting to pull out of mercantilism a little bit. You've got proto-capitalism. Maybe it's starting to come in yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah. it's not affecting the day-to-day living of ordinary people in the borders who are living on the edge. Constantly on the edge. One thing I do find absolutely fascinating is in the 17th century, as we know, the devil was abroad with his witches, mm. and yet from 1700 onwards, even though the Witchcraft Act was still there, there were very, very few accusations of witchcraft. It was only the last witchcraft trial on the Borders took place in 1700.
0: Because fingers are being pointed elsewhere. No? Exactly.
1: It's all of our faults, and this continues, and this continues, and this continues. And although the the, the Jacobites fail in 1715, and they go back to the Highlands, London did nothing to redress the situation. 30 years later, you get the rise in the forty five, And that is a major war. And again, whether you think it was a good idea or a bad idea, People died. People's lives were disrupted. There were troops going about burning crops. They were stealing horses. They were molesting girls, yet again. And all of this... Now, the Jacobites did not rise because of Darien, but Darien gave them a heck of a helping hand. The effects, the the way the English determinedly used Darien... To ridicule and browbeat the Scots into the Union in 1707.
0: An attitude change. I'm thinking Robbie Burns here. I know we have done a podcast about Robbie Burns, but mm. the tone has changed from "sick a parcel of rogues in the nation" to "ye Jacobites by name." In the
1: yes, yes.
0: So that there, there is a there is a different view of how, yeah. what's happening.
1: Yeah, but then what you have is, of course, after the Forty Five. You get Cumberland going up, and Gaelic culture is absolutely devastated. Yeah. And people die. And people die, again, they're put to the sword. Uh, there are a lot of Jacobites are sold into slavery, sent across to America, sold into slavery, yeah. charming. Uh, and a lot of people pushed off the land, absolutely pushed off the land. Mm. And so Scotland, as a nation, changes. You go up north in Scotland, beautiful countryside, and you'd wonder about, there's nobody there. Where there should be villages, there should be communities. And because, because of what had happened to Darien, Scotland couldn't resist any of this. Mm. They could not. I mean, if you think, if you go back to, if you go back to 1700, if Darien had been a success, the English would have been annoyed. They'd have jumped up and down. Fair enough. But Scotland could have basically said, well, you can jump up and down all you want. We don't care. We're a sovereign nation. We have our own economy. Stop annoying us, we're having our slice of the chocolate cake. Remember my chocolate cake? Yeah. And there's not a lot England could have done about it. No, England could have traded economically and tried to push us out of places and all the rest of it, but Scotland could have got their trading partners, there could have been a bit of tit-for-tat or whatever, and Scotland would probably not have been as rich as England because it wasn't as large as any of the rest of it, but there may well not have been that union of the, of the parliaments... Mm-hmm. And if there was, it would have been a union on much more equal much terms. More equals, yeah. It would have been what what a lot of upper class Scots wanted, which was a federated system. Uh-huh. Whereas what you got was a "oh, we bailed you out," and that's it. And that was the mentality mm-hmm. for several hundred years. And some I would argue say that that is still the mentality. Oh, you I still right get so. those arguments of. The Scots can't make it on their own if they want to be independent. I know we're not a political podcast, but on this one, I can't avoid it. You know, you'll never make it on your own. You're economically not able to do it, and all we ever do is bail you out. You're all a bunch of scroungers, yeah. and you can't do it on your own.
0: We may well be, but but I think we need more out of political economic situations than drambouille and Cumberland sausages as much.
1: Exactly, and, yeah, you know, and, and the fact that we... we we You do end up with that chip on the shoulder. You no. do end up constantly. Because if you're told it for long enough and hard enough, I mean, take the example of the end of the First World War. When Germany gets told it's its fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I will argue with anyone who wants about who started the First World War, but it absolutely was not it Germany.
0: Was definitely not Germany. It was
1: not <laughs> Germany that started that war. Yeah, they got told it was. Mm. And they got a bit annoyed about it. And who can blame them? So, the ordinary people of Scotland are being told, it's your fault your country's broke. You're incompetent. They're thinking, well, no, no. I gave my ten shillings, or my brother Davy from Kelso went across to build this great thing. I didn't know what was going to happen. You can argue that they were unprepared by not having sent, say, a recce party beforehand. Yes, you can argue that. You can argue that they were unprepared in the goods that they took to trade. Yeah. You can argue that they were unprepared in not having had a conversation with the local settlements and the Spaniards beforehand and they were stupid to build where really there wasn't a water supply. But? But,
0: <laughs>
1: the English and the, the, the Dutch settlements being told by the king not to trade. them. The king of Scotland, William was the king of Scotland yes, and yeah. he told Dutch settlements not, not to, to trade, trade with his own people yeah. and that was acceptable. He told English traders not to trade with his people. When when the the English East India Company sent ships up to the Firth of Clyde, that was an illegal act and nobody stopped them. When the English East Indies Company and the Dutch East Indies Company went to William and said, can you stop the Scots doing this? Mm -hmm. He should have said no. That's my other kingdom. My other kingdom can do what it was to do. And he didn't.
0: And that, Mary, is why at the end of part one of this podcast, I made that, that comparison with the next independence referendum because the UK government will tell the heads of various banks and big corporations to come up here and tell the Scots that if you vote for independence... We're moving everything. Yes. You'll be poorer.
1: We will not trade with You'll you. Jobs. We lose jobs. We will move That's all of our headquarters course. out. We will do that. Yes. And it's exactly it's the same. It's a mirror thing. image of, yeah.
0: of history yeah. again repeating yeah.
1: itself. And William never really gave an explanation as to. Now, we can understand England was bigger, England was richer, yes. England was where he was making his money, and he was William of Orange and he becomes a king. So we understand that, yes, he has got, obviously, he likes England. And obviously he likes the Netherlands because that was where he was from. But you can like England and like the Netherlands and like Scotland at the same time. You're allowed to like three things at once. You know, you are the king of Scotland and you are actively acting against one of your own countries. And he he never understood that. He never explained (sighs) exactly why he was doing that. And this nonsense about, well, I don't want to antagonise the Spanish. Well, really, because there were Dutch and English settlements near Darien. Why were they not antagonising the Spanish? Why would one more colony not antagonise the Spanish? And actually, if he had allowed, if he had supported Darien, if he even if he hadn't supported it, even if he hadn't done anything against Darien, and Darien had got up and running, the English East Indies Company would have made a fortune because they would have saved that journey all the way down to the Magellan Straits and all the way around again. The Dutch East Indies Company would have saved so much money and time and reason everybody would have got a bigger slice of a bigger chocolate cake.
0: Your, your chocolate cake is, is good. And and in terms of who's holding the plate, <laughs> with this chocolate cake on? You know, I've often said to you that I'm not a native borderer, and, and often my impression is that this is a little country that sits between England and Scotland. Yep. Much of what you've been talking about, I think, plays into that narrative of just that look over the border, or that mm-hmm. identification that doesn't exist yep. in other parts of Scotland. Yeah. Um, so, uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, what we need to do is have a cup of tea now and I think, think so. about what our next podcast is going to be Indeed. about. Um, I would urge anyone who is listening to this episode to please support us in any way if you can and we'll See you again soon. Indeed. Bye for now. Thank you very much.
1: Bye.